Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, once again, I am getting this broadcast out early evening. It's been another uh, busy day, but a great day. And, and that's actually going to overlap with part of what we're going to look at today. It's really interesting how a conversation I had with somebody, actually some of it is directly correlated to what we're going to see in Scripture today. It's amazing how the Lord works those details out and uh, give Him all the credit and glory. It's so cool to see. As we start off today, though, I want to begin in prayer. One thing I've not done on the podcast for a while is opening in prayer. I just kind of dive right in. So today, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we come before you. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak to us during this time. Father, reveal to us what your will is from your word. Your word is truth. Sanctify us by your truth. Father, empower me to share that in the next few minutes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. In Numbers chapter 16 today, we're looking at verses 8 through 21 as we continue on to look at chapter 16. And I'm going to call today's section Resistance to Resolution. Resistance to Resolution. And I think you'll see what I mean by that as we go on. Uh, one note that I also want to make um, is that if you look at the description of this podcast uh, in your podcast service that you're listening to it to, or on Anchor, the, the podcast host, if you look in the description of the podcast, you should be able to see the show notes, um, which are really just an outline of the passage and some questions and things. And so if that would be helpful to you uh, to use as you're teaching your children, as you're maybe using this as a, a Bible study, do that along with your spouse, um, or if you're using it for some other type of study that's just a resource out there, or if you just like to copy and paste that uh, into your own notes as you study Scripture, hopefully that can be helpful to you. Those are just my notes as I'm going through this. I uh, just wanted to make that note. So let's dive into the passage today. Numbers chapter 16, verses 8 through 21. Then Moses said to Korah, Hear now, you sons of Levi, is it a small thing to you? that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near himself to do the work of the tabernacle of the Lord to stand before the congregation to serve them and that he has brought you near to himself you and all your brethren the sons of Levi with you are you seeking the priesthood also therefore you and all your company are gathered together against the Lord and what is Aaron that you were complaining against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, We will not come up. Is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? That you should keep acting like a prince over us? Moreover, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of the fields and vineyards. Will you put us out of the eyes of these men? We will not come up. Then Moses was very angry and said to the Lord, Do not respect their offering. I have not taken one donkey from them, nor have I hurt one of them. And Moses said to Korah, Tomorrow you and all your company be present before the Lord. You and they, as well as Aaron, let each take his censer and put incense in it. Each of you bring a censer before the Lord, 250 censers, both you and Aaron, each with his censer. So every man took his censer, put fire in it, laid incense on it, and stood at the door of the tabernacle meeting with Moses and Aaron. 
And Korah gathered all the congregation against them at the door of the tabernacle meeting. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. I think we see several things in this passage today. We, number one, see that Moses really exposes the root of the issue, it seems. Korah is presuming to be a priest. Now, Korah, we saw uh, earlier on in yesterday's passage, in the very beginning, that Korah is a descendant of Levi. Korah is a Levite. However, he's going on into all this stuff, stirring up the congregation and presuming to, to serve as a priest. And Moses really puts his finger on the issue, it seems, of Korah, you just want to be a priest. You want this Levitical priesthood and this leadership role that the Lord has not given you. And you are not really complaining against Aaron. You just want the priesthood. That seems to be the gist of what Moses puts his finger on. What we then see is that Moses addresses Dathan and Abiram, two of the other ringleaders we saw in the beginning of the chapter yesterday. And he's, he's telling them, you need to come up. You, you need to be part of this meeting. But these two guys do several things. Number one, they refuse to meet. They won't come. And then they, they list unrealistic and even biblical reasons, quote-unquote, that they cite for not complying to Moses' simple request of, come, come up here. Let's settle this before the Lord. And they say they're not going to come up. And they, they put on Moses' shoulders, you promised us a land flowing with milk and honey. You're not doing that. What are they essentially saying? Most likely, probably saying, you're a false prophet, Moses. You're not bringing us to what you promised us. When, by the way, why are they not entering the promised land? They're not entering the promised land because of their own sin and their own persistence and resistance to the will of God. But they're putting this on Moses' shoulders. It's unrealistic and it's even unbiblical because the Lord's told them why they're going to die in the wilderness. And so they cite, you know, you're just going to kill us, Moses, by your leadership. You're acting like a prince over us. You're exerting more authority. Who are you to tell us what to do? I can just picture the what's going down in my mind. Maybe you've been in a situation like that. They, they once again circle back around. You've not brought us into the land flowing with milk and honey, Moses. And then they say something very interesting. They, they say, will you, put us, uh, will you put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. It seems to me that what they're saying is, are, are you going to belittle us? in the eyes of the people? Are you going to somehow get the upper hand? Are you going to make people look down on us? It seems like they had a fear for their own reputation, Is if I'm interpreting that correctly. Isn't that so much like a rebel? They cite unrealistic and unbiblical reasons for their refusal to comply and to settle the issue, and they're concerned about their own reputation. What happens with Moses? Well, Moses is angry, and Moses responds, basically a repeat of the same thing. Well, here's how we're going to settle this. You come up here, and you stand before the Lord, and you burn your incense. And then we see the Lord comes on the scene. His glory appears to all the congregation. It's interesting to note, Korah, it says, gathers all the congregation against them, against Moses, against Aaron. He gathers the people. He gathers everybody at the door. Of the tabernacle. And I don't think this is just the 250 leaders. This is the whole congregation, except for these guys refusing to come that were of those 250. And what does the Lord do when he appears on the scene? The Lord speaks. 
It's not Moses. It's not Aaron speaking. The Lord speaks and says, Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. The Lord is going to dish out the judgment here. So what are our applications? I think there's kind of a, a flow here to applications we see. Number one, I think something we could apply from this passage is we see that an outburst has a root issue. The outburst is not really the issue so much as what's really at the heart of it. Korah's rebellion and appeal to the fact in, in yesterday's passage earlier on in the chapter that we're, we're all the Lord's people. We all should be able to have authority. His appeal was really on the basis of his own desire for power, for the priesthood. There's a root issue behind those that are leading some type of rebellion amongst God's people. I actually talked with somebody just today, which was so interesting, about how if someone will not meet with you, and particularly, uh, this is true in the body of Christ, if someone refuses to meet and to reconcile and work through an issue, it's a mark of true hardness of heart and mark of true rebellion. I think as we see Dathan and Abiram and their response to Moses and their, their irrationality and their lack of submission and their lack of, of really humility, I think we are reminded of something, and that is when we're in the midst of a contentious time or a disagreement, disagreement and even contention is not always a bad thing, but how we handle it is certainly uh, an important thing. We're going to disagree with people at times. That's part of life. But within the body of Christ, are we, are we rational? Are we prayerful? Are we submitted to the Lord and the authority that He has given us? I think those are clear points of application we can see from this passage. Another thing we see is what happens with Moses. Because Moses gets angry. And before we, we look at Moses and say, Oh, Moses, what's wrong with you? Think about this. And, and, and I believe this is very true for pastors and God's people today. Um, I've experienced this in leadership myself before. And it's understandable. Let, let me try to paint the picture. It's something for us to pray about because spiritual leadership struggles with anger here in the midst of contention among God's people. When God's people are at each other's throats and unbiblical and irrational, refusing to submit to prayer, refusing to walk through this issue, whatever the issue is, biblically, that is frustrating, honestly, for spiritual leaders that are trying to follow the Lord and trying to help a congregation, particularly in a local church, follow the Lord. And so we have a particular way, I think, here to pray for pastors that find themselves and leaders and ourselves if we find ourselves in the midst of God's people in a contentious situation like this. It's understandable why we could get angry, but we don't want that anger to dominate us. I think we also see such a reminder and application that we need to keep the process centered on coming before the Lord and submitting to Him the biblical way. Not our way, the biblical way. And then by way of application, I just kind of want to land here for the last application. And that's a passage in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. I was reminded of this passage in what we see. I think it's a parallel to what we see going on right here in Numbers 16. Here's what Hebrews 12 says. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, the kingdom, when Jesus ushers it in, that's the kingdom it's speaking of. He's coming to rule and reign, and we as his body will 
will be alongside him reigning forever. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, it can't be stopped, it can't be thwarted, Christ's kingdom is coming. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We want to serve Him in a way that's acceptable and pleasing to Him. We want to be reverent. We want to be humble. We want to be submissive. We want to have proper fear, godly fear. And then the last part of that chapter says this, For our God is a consuming fire. Brothers and sisters, our God is a God of love, but He is also a consuming fire. And the Lord instructed Moses and Aaron at the end of our passage today where we're going to leave off. And there's more to the story. We'll pick up there tomorrow, Lord willing. But the Lord instructed, essentially, I'm going to deal with it. You separate yourselves because I am going to consume them. The Lord is the one that is to exercise the vengeance. We need to get out of the way. And if we're in a leadership role, pardon me, May we not say things in anger, but may we be quiet, stand still, and let the Lord do the battle. Let Him deal with the issue. Stand upon the Word, but stand in the biblical way, prayerful and submitted to the Lord. It doesn't mean there's never any action we're called to take, but the Lord has a way of dealing with things, and He will deal with things. He's on the throne, He's in control. If you're in a leadership role, brother, you don't have to be in control. You don't have to have it all figured out. The Lord's on the throne. May the Lord help us to have bigger faith to trust Him in that. Father, we thank You today for Your Word. We thank You for these lessons that we see, Father. And I pray as we continue to study this passage, continue to open our eyes. Father, Numbers is a passage and a book it can be a little little nitty-gritty. It can be a little convicting because we see contention and we can see our own hearts exposed in these rebels if we're honest at times. Father, we don't like contention within God's people, but it is a reality and there are powerful lessons for us to learn as we continue in numbers to see the counting and accounting of the people of God spiritually. Lord, continue to minister us and to teach, teach us. Holy Spirit, would you guide? Would you convict where there needs to be conviction? And will you, would you encourage where there needs to be encouragement? It's in Christ's name that we pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by FMM, focusing on the Mark Ministries. Keep living a Matthew 6.33 life until he comes.